Well, welcome to Gaudete Sunday. Yeah, I had to look that up. It's Gaudete. I, I, I heard it in Italian, so you, it's almost like you have to go, Gaudete. You know, it's Gaudete Sunday. It's the Sunday of joy. And coming together is always an occasion for joy, but especially on this Sunday in this Advent, in this season of the already and the not yet, right? The already that Christ has come, and we're celebrating his birth, and that and, and, and we're coming together, and we're not tired of it. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> but the not yet as well, that, that it's not just that Jesus has come, it's that he's coming back. And that's that second coming we're in anticipation and in pre- preparation for. And so this series is called Preparing the Way because that's the big part of this season as well. We're waiting on the, on the return of our Savior. And I'm going to begin this morning with a passage from probably a name that you're not very familiar with. It's Zephaniah. Zephaniah is a prophet in the Old Testament. And his main theme in the book that he wrote, it's a short book, it's only three chapters, but it's one of those that starts out uh, you know, with, it, with, with a condemnation and doom and destruction and woe to you. And, and so we don't spend a lot of time in the Bible on the woe to you stuff, right? I, I don't. Um, I've read it, you know, it's kind of it's one of those things that keeps coming back up. Maybe we need to spend more time. Maybe I'll do a series. Anyway. <laughs> so it starts out in that first chapter. It's after Israel and Judah had split. The nation of Israel split off into two, and, and he's pronouncing this judgment on Judah. And then he follows that up with an admonition, admonition to, okay, here's doom and destruction. You need to get back to the Lord. And then the, the part I'm going to spend time with this morning, which is, once you come back to the Lord, guess what? There's some good stuff that, that, that's going to happen with that. The, and that positive part of his message is where I'm going this morning. And this is from Zephaniah chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I need one of them paddles. As on a day of festival, I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortune before your eyes, says the Lord. And this is a time of joy. This is a time of joyous expectation. I love this picture. It reminds me of, uh, of the mighty, the special needs ministry we just started. But look at that face. I mean, that, you want joy? There you go. It's, right, it's on there. It's like, like, this is good. I'm good. Give me cake. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joyous expectation. 
expectation in that photo, and there's a joyous celebration that we have in this season. See, last week I mentioned uh, that we need to tell someone about Jesus, right? That the message is not going to be delivered by osmosis. Corey kind of emphasized that, right, this morning with the children, that, that when we share that joy, that joy gets on us, and that joy is what moves, and, and it goes with us wherever we are. And then we can give peanut butter away. Well, we do give stuff away, right? And that's an important part of, of sharing the love that God has for us. Zephaniah's passage comes with an expectation, though. This expectation is that the people of God are going to do something. They're not just going to sit back. They're going to share what's go- share this opportunity, this joy, so that they can be a part of the inheritance that's promised to Abraham. It's Zephaniah 3.16. It says, to not let your hands grow weak. Not let your hands grow grow weak. The people are to do the work that's given to them by God. They're to do the work given to them as the people of God. You know, that almost applies to us. Okay, so that totally and completely (laughs) applies to us. To not, that same message, to not let our hands grow weak in following the calling each of us has been given. You've heard me say this before, so I, I'm going to keep emphasizing it. Because sometimes in our head we get this, well, I'm just not this or I'm not that. Every person in here is gifted and has a calling. And God wants to use you to reach people. You can reach people I can't reach. I might reach people you can't reach. God wants to use all of us. And Mike, all means what? All, all of us, it's us together. That's where the strength of the body of Christ comes. This work, because it can be work, is not drudgery, though. It's not dull. It's joyous. This is the Sunday of joy. This is Gaudete. Say that with me, if you would. Gaudete. Isn't that cool? I'm so glad I looked up how to pronounce that this morning. I mean, when I was in preparation diligently during the week. This is the Sunday. This is Gaudete Sunday, the Sunday of joy, and that reason for joy is amazing. Zephaniah promises that the people's fortune and future have been changed from judgment to hope. You you were doomed. Now you're not. Cool, right? Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven. Yes, he does. God is an awesome, awesome God, and he prepares the way for each of us. In preparing the way for Jesus, God used a whole slew of voices. He used lots of prophets. He used Jeremiah and Isaiah and Daniel and Zechariah and Malachi and Micah, and I don't know why they weren't named simple, but they're not. It's that, and that's not all of them. There were more. And, and that's and in, in the Psalms that speaks to the coming of Jesus, and that leads us to John the Baptist. God had a message of both change you know, it's not about staying the same, right? But it's also a message of hope. It's a message of hope. And that same message is one that we desperately need in the church today. And our world desperately, desperately needs it. That's like twice as much. Desperately, desperately. Need, anyway, um, needs that message too. When I say yes to Jesus, when I say yes to Jesus, I'm saying that I am willing to live differently than before. That I am willing to live a changed life. It's this 2 Corinthians 5.17 passage. Therefore, therefore, that's the decision word, right? I said yes. Therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Therefore, I say yes, therefore, I am changed, I am different, and I have God with me. It's amazing. In our gospel text for this morning, John the baptizer in a New Testament passage reflects the message that Zephaniah and others gave. I'm going to read from the message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible, but this is from Luke 3, 7 through 20. When crowds of people came out for baptism because it was the popular thing to do, John exploded, brood of snakes, what are you doing slithering down here to the river? Do you think a little water on your snake skins is going to defer God's judgment? It's your life that must change, not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as your father. Being a child of Abraham is neither here nor there. Children of Abraham happen to be a dime a dozen. God can make children from stones if he wants to. What counts is your life. What counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? blossoming? Because if it's dead wood... It goes on the fire. So here we see this same Old Testament, hey, y'all are blowing it message, right? Y'all, y'all are messing up, brought to the forefront by John the Baptist. See, our first step toward Christ is the acknowledgement that we're falling short in our quest for perfection. We're falling short, and we need help. And it was that way for the Pharisees and those who came and those in the crowd who were just kind of going, was, you ever, you know, there's the end thing to do, right? Well, I, don't, I don't really like to, this, this thing I'm going to, but I'm going to go because everybody else is going. You know, that's kind of here, you know, because John was out in the wilderness and he's dunking people in water. That's not exactly like a show that you go, hey, I can't wait to get out there and get put underneath the water in that nasty old river. That's going to be wonderful. No, <laughs> but they were doing it, and they were headed out there, and, and, and the, it was the end thing to do. And it's that way too often in the church if we soft sell the price that was paid for our salvation. Our salvation came at a big cost. Our Savior died for us. That's costly. And what's asked of us needs to be reflected in a life changed from what was to what will be. And that transformation can only come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray we live that way. So what do we do, right? Ironically, they asked John the same question. The crowd asked him, what are we supposed to do? See, I told you, they asked him the same question. It's kind of cool. It's a sensible question, right? It's if, if, if I'm supposed to live a changed life, if I want to have a green and blossoming life, then I need to, what is that? How does that work? What do I need to do? And here's John's answer. And it sounds very similar to what Jesus said last week that we talked about when he's talking about the least of these, whenever you did this to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me. John kind of is, it's actually, I say echoing, but actually this is before. So, and John said this, he said, if you have two coats, give one away. Do the same with your food. So tax men then came up. Tax men came to be baptized. Teacher, what should we do? And he told them, no more extortion. Collect only 
what is required by law. So soldiers came up. What do we do? No shakedowns, no blackmail. Be content with your ration. And if Arbor Point Church, if we were there, if we went up to John and we said, what do we do? What do we have to do, John? We would hear that we need to step across that line in the sand, right? The one that we tend to draw that separate us from others and, and, and the place where Jesus is going to be and step across that line in the sand so that we can be where Jesus is because that's really what we want to do. And, and we want to be drawn into ministry with these least of these, with one another, by the way, because all of us are a least of these in some way. I'm sorry if that gets under your skin. I'm actually not because it's true, and truth is okay to tell people, especially if you're preaching, because if you don't, God will get you. So you got to tell people the truth. So just know that in some way, everybody in here is part of the least of these. We have stuff. I have stuff in my life that I am struggling with, and I'm trying, but I'm falling short. All of us is the least of these. So what do we do? Well, we're going to John would tell us, you know what you need to do? There's this ministry out there called Celebrate Recovery. Y'all ought to start that because you, you're a group of imperfect people following the one who is perfect. That's Jesus. You ought to hook up with that because being imperfect is the perfect place. to that, Having that slogan, having that motto, being that group is the perfect group of people to reach these people in your community who need to know it's okay to be imperfect. By the way, in case you're wondering, it's okay to be imperfect. You already are. Maybe, I think. Any perfect people in here? Raise your hand. Whew, okay. Good job, Angel. Celebrate recovery. And yes, it's about addiction issues, but as we saw in the announcement video this morning, um, that was awesome. Um, it's a place to struggle with hurts and habits and hang-ups, things like depression and, and that separates us from others, anxiety issues, anger, uh, coming out of a history of abuse, anything that gets between us and God. Celebrate recovery is a place where you can come and God will help heal that process. And we've had a leaders group that's been meeting for a while, and we kind of walked into it going, we're not exactly sure how it works. And to be honest, if it, we couldn't really tell you how it works, but I can tell you that we know meeting together and being involved in one another's lives is transforming us. And our thing was we're going to learn and start this thing, but it's helping us to grow and by the way, as part of that, why, why, why don't you start this little cafe thing? Because you want to bring worlds together. And you're going to have some atheists and you're going to have some, some other beliefs come in to celebrate recovery just looking for some support and some help. So why don't you start a little cafe, coffee house thing and just put it in the back of the worship center. And, and as part of the, the celebrate recovery process, just have a moment when you can bring the secular world into connection with, the, with my sacred world and watch what I do, God says. Watch what I do when you start having those conversations. It's going to be amazing what God does. Hey, why don't you expand the mighty, that special needs ministry that you started with that awesome painting party and, and having them, and they were part of Jingle Jam. And, and in addition to, to, to providing support for, for those who have special needs, the, the mighty, 
add for the family, a component for the family, because this is a group that so often doesn't get family support. That 85% of those special needs families are unchurched because churches don't accept them for who they are. You want your heart to break? And by the way, this Grow to Be You day school thing, you ought to try and expand that if you can because, you know, the kids that are in there are growing and becoming, they're growing to be who God created them to be. And fully engage in one race movement because those lines in the sand of race and denomination need to be wiped out because when we're in heaven and you're in the kingdom and if you're living a kingdom life, there is no white, black, brown, male, female, none of that stuff matters because we are the body of Christ and you're going to be praising me in heaven in the kingdom. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Wipe that stuff out. Get rid of it because it doesn't need to be there and be one people. That will be what the kingdom of God looks like. Continue the work you're doing with ISERV and Piedmont Rape Crisis and West Jackson Elementary School. Continue the path before you. Guys, we are ministering to the least and the lost in this community. The hurting, the damaged These imperfect people happen to be our people. We are them, and they are us. May God be glorified in everything that we do, because it ain't about us, it's about him. May he be honored. But our passage is not through yet. How about that? The interest of the people by now was building. They were beginning to wonder. They were looking at John going, could he be the Messiah? Is he the Messiah? But John said, whoa, hold up, guys. I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire of the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside to the outside. He's going to clean house. He's going to make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. There was a lot more of this, words that gave strength to the people, words that put heart in them as god draws people to us and as we grow we must always remember that we are simply aligning with and following jesus christ it's his leadership it's his headship that we want we are his church at arbor point church at west jackson this is not about any one of us it's not about your pastor for sure it's about us together it's about us following the leading of the holy spirit into our community to be difference makers for christ Inspiring those that we come in contact with to fulfill God's calling in their life. From leading people from where they are to where God would have them. It's our place in the kingdom to do these things and to reach these people. See, God has promised to change his people's struggles from a world of corruption, a world of failed leadership, a world of captivity under an oppressive power, unequal treatment. All of these injustices in the world, God sees. But he's going to change all that and bring about a world of hope restoration, liberation, and praise. If we're willing, and as we do, step out of our comfort zone, cross those lines that we tend to draw to reach people who just may not be like us. Might be a little different, and that's okay. Might be a little different. Here's the thing. This is a joy-filled and joyous promise. We're not a people of doom and gloom. 
Say it with me. We're not a people of doom and gloom. We're a people of joy and triumph. Joy and triumph. Let that sink in. I mean, the world has so much doom and gloom in it. We're the people that have joy and triumph to share. Living in a victory that Jesus won for us all. Victory in Jesus. Man, there's music in this morning, isn't there? And that victory is for all. And all means all. Always. I know it may seem like all is lost in our world today. I know that. I, I'm not blind to, to what's going on. And these worst of times are often the precursor for the best of times. Look back at Zephaniah. What was going on was terrible. There was destruction and doom on the horizon. And yet, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God is in your midst. Imagine living in a place where there is no fear because we know that God is in our midst. We know that we know that we know that God is in our midst. What joy we would bring living freely as the children of God that we are. It would bring revival for sure. And it reminded me of a song I sang a couple of weeks ago. Whoa, that's loud. <laughs> oh, by the way, the words are going to be up here if you'd like to sing along here in a minute. And if you do, I bet you can't stay on your... I can't say that in church. I bet you end up on your feet there. I can say that in church. There's revival, and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of the gospel song. Once you choose it, you can't lose it. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Amen. When the valley that I wander is in the mountains that I can't climb, you are with me, never leave me. And there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Oh, 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 o
stomp your feet till you find that gospel beat Cause it's all you'll ever need All you'll ever need Clap your hands and stomp your feet till you find that gospel beat Cause it's all you'll ever need It's all you'll ever need Yeah I've got an old church choir singing in my soul I've got a sweet salvation and it's Beautiful. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing because I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. The world needs our joy. So what am I saying? I'm saying that our families need our joy. Our jobs need our joy. Our schools need our joy. Our community needs our joy. So let me leave you this morning with this passage. I didn't talk to Brad either, which is kind of cool, because he brought it up earlier. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this coming week, I leave you with this thought. To carry these thoughts everywhere you go. This is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. But what it's saying is to rejoice. And it says it twice because joy is hard to come by. Rejoice. Rejoice. Be gentle. <laughs> be gentle. The world needs us to be gentle, not abrasive. Don't worry. God's got you. He's going to carry you through. I don't know how. Trust me. I, you know, I got stuff in my life. I don't know how he's going to get me through, but he's going to do it. Pray gratefully. There. Look at what we have instead of what we don't, and we will pray gratefully. Bring peace. Everywhere that we go, we are peace bringers and peacemakers. And at the end of the day, trust Jesus to guard your hearts and your minds. If we do those things, then we will find joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Michael.